Hey guys. Oh, great. Here we are. This is Monica Perez. Again, we are live with Garland Favorito of VoterGA.org. He and his band of election integrity activists have been fighting the good fight throughout the holidays in order to beat the steel. And I have to say, people were very impressed with this last time. Neither Garland nor I are Trump supporters. We are not Trump activists. We just care about the integrity of the elections. I've known Garland for many years now. I had him on my show in Atlanta on the radio, always fighting the good fight for election integrity, regardless of which party seemed to be the victim of the shenanigans. So it's and it's always a real fight. It's not a media fight. There, so Garland's going to give us a big update on lawsuits and developments, what to watch out for, and where things stand. So, thanks so much for coming, Garland. How are you doing? Happy New Year, <laughs> Monica. Thank you so much for having me on. We are going to just so and- people know, we're going to take questions at the end of this, and then we're going to post the audio of this conversation to the podcast feed of the Propaganda Report, my podcast. So uh, if you're just tuning in or whatever, you want to share it with people, it'll be available on YouTube and and the podcast. Okay. So Garland, you finished. You, I see you're buttoning some stuff up. I see you have to, we're, we're all, it's, things are busy. Things are crazy for you. Usually your phone is ringing off the hook. Talk to me. It, it is. It is. It's gone crazy. I was just telling you before we uh, started that I, I just talked to a fellow from 17, uh, I haven't talked to him in 17 years. He's in Alabama. And he was asking me all the things. I said, well, just tune into Monica's podcast. Um, so I was trying to get him to link because he didn't have Twitter. We had already re- retweeted it on Twitter. So uh, uh, I should I, put the link of the podcast into the YouTube feed in case people prefer to listen to it that way. I'll do that after the show. Yeah. What was funny was I accidentally t- typed on it. So I was hearing you two or three times in my headphones here. Yeah, last time, if you don't have the, if everybody doesn't have a mic and headphones, there's a whole lot of circular audio going on. So, and you cannot keep your YouTube link open while we're doing the live stream, Garland. So if it's still open, you got to close that up. Right. I think I have it closed. Yeah, probably. Okay. (laughs) I think I've done that. Okay. I I see something ringing. I hear something buzzing you you're being yeah. strafed <laughs> all right tell me when you're ready <laughs> I, all right i'm gonna get this straightened out here in a second i've got you okay. on three different tabs and i'm afraid i'm gonna wipe out the right the wrong one well let me just tell people so Garland's always being pulled in all different directions, but I wanted to go ahead and hit live so everybody knew this is the right place and time. Sometimes if you leave it waiting, people wonder I'm in the wrong place. So so we we will be patient with you since you give us so much. Is that, am I seeing a Constitution Party banner behind you? That is it, yes. Elections Director of the Constitution Party. and that's my, that's all volunteer activities. So absolutely, that's what you're seeing. Um, I am so petrified that I'm going, I've got a, a double link going on here and I'm so afraid I'm going to close the wrong one. You should close 
uh, every you see us. Okay. I... And if you close it, if you close it, we can get you back in just one second. Okay. So I, the StreamYard link is a good one. I'm going to close the YouTube link and then it should be good. That's right. Yes. Cl please close the YouTube link. Okay. Now I think I'm good. Great. Because sometimes <laughs> you can't hear, we can't hear the problems. And then when we try to put up the audio, it's just not, yeah. <clears throat> it's not workable. So it's important to take these extra minutes. Thanks everyone for the, uh, for the patience. Okay, so today uh, so, is January 2nd. January well, 2nd, and time is closing. Yes, and before we get started, I, I've got to tell the audience, I want to, I have to thank you, Monica, because I want to show them, whoops, <laughs> you can't see this. This this was the only this was the only Christmas gift I got this year. My daughter and I didn't exchange Christmas gifts because we were out of town, and uh, she was out of town. I picked her up at the airport. We had we did have a nice uh, Cajun dinner on Christmas Eve. So, uh, but anyway, so this was really really special. Monica got me a highly professional mic and headset so that we can because we do our radio broadcast every week now. So I just wanted to say thank you for uh, an, an incredible Christmas gift. I really, really appreciate that. It's well worth yeah. it. Boy, do you earn it. You <laughs> earn it. And I'm happy that it makes you happy and doesn't aggravate uh, you. My husband got me a crazy setup. You wouldn't believe it. It's the uh, the fanciest thing ever. He got me all this. It's all wow. like, I can't even, I really don't even know how to use it. So <laughs> wow. Wow. We're, hopefully my podcast will have some crazy, uh, huge quality improvements, but it intimidates me and I've got a whole separate computer for it and everything. So I guess I'm in this business for a while. Yeah. I wasn't sure because it's, good. Just, it's That's good getting a little us. stressful. It's getting the, the news is so scary. Like I'm afraid that I just I feel like this election situation is the last straw for any even any ability to pretend that we have a government governed by the Constitution, whether you like it or not. We that is our our foundational document. And if we're not following that, then we should at least admit it and and throw the gauntlet down and okay so what right. what are we really running on here so this is the last gasp i think for the constitution and that's why everybody is fighting so hard and they're just not going to give up and, and I, I don't i think the other side doesn't realize the magnitude of the power and the people that are just uh, unwilling to to give up you know we have to if this election is not legitimate uh, no election will ever be legitimate again in American uh, history. So uh, everybody's willing to fight. You know, there's there's uh, potential fraud, significant potential fraud in a lot of states. And of course, uh, I, I'm not even able to keep keep track of that because right. I've got my hands full in Georgia. Um, and you know, this week was another huge week here in Georgia as well. Um, I, I have to hear about so, that, but I want to also mention that I feel like even if the even if we cannot salvage this election with integrity, then then that will give an opportunity for those who would further hijack the system to put in what they call black swan laws or whatever to change policy, not to resolve the issues that really exist, but to change the system so that this kind of resolution isn't even possible. As I always, I always say two things. If you've got a problem, look at what 
law is not being obeyed or the bad law that created the problem and eliminate those things. And this is almost always it's that the law is not being followed. Even back to the robber barons, I see that if John D. Rockefeller had not been allowed to defraud people out of their their businesses. You know, people are like, that's capitalism. It's like not capitalism, it's fraud. It's captive government. And if you can't, if you cannot monitor the government and keep it to, it doesn't want, that's what the Bill of Rights is for, the Constitution. The government doesn't want to be restrained. And that's why we fought so hard for the Bill of Rights. And the, we have the laws. We can, if we can enforce them, we can kick the can on tyranny a little bit. So- what ha- right. what have you you're the one who's leading the charge and kicking the can of tyranny so bring it <laughs> my toe is getting stubbed right now so <laughs> right. um yeah so this past week so let's start well i guess we want to uh back up from last week we were talking about the lawsuit we filed a lawsuit last week to uh we want to see the ballots uh that fulton county illegally scanned and that the auditors detected uh, and when they did the hand audit, they detected fraudulent ballots. And we talked about that, Monica. They, they were mail-in ballots. They were not creased from mail-in. They weren't marked with a writing instrument. They, weren't, uh, they were on unusual stock. So uh, we filed the suit, and we asked, we're asking for three things. We're asking for a visual inspection of the ballots, we're asking for a forensic inspection. You know, of course, visual inspection is just to make sure that everybody know, understands who won the election and we're all in agreement. The forensic inspection, uh, we're asking to make sure, validate those that visual inspection. And then we, the Dominion uh, ballot images, uh, we like those to make sure that there was no hanky-panky going on since uh, with the ballot since November 3 or, or Wait, whenever they certified. What was last time, the Dominion what? Uh, the ballot images. The ballot so images, right? Yeah, right. We we're asking for that. those electronic images, and then uh, the the associated um, election reports, so that we'll be able to balance, cross-check the chain of custody. Just to make it clear, those ballot images are so. The way it works is you, when when you're because I'm not in Georgia anymore. The, do you? Physically have a piece of paper that, yes, you feed a paper, even if you're, it's not like, I know absentee and mail and that's on paper, but are these ones, do you go and touch a screen? Yeah. So the touch screen produces the paper. Uh, it's what we call the ballot marking device. And then that is fed in to the scanner and the scanner makes an image of that ballot. Okay. Of that so code. you go, you press the buttons, the thing prints out, you bring it over to a person. And that person scans it into a machine and that the image that is scanned into the machine is something that you want to look at. That's right. Or you scan it uh, uh, yourself. But that's right. And what the, what that does, that will help us make sure that the physical ballots that they're going to give us, you know, hopefully Monday, uh, match up with the electronics so we know that they didn't replace any ballots uh, in the last month or so. So those pieces of paper that you scanned in that a person scans in or they scan in for you, they also maintain those? Yes. Yes. They okay, maintain but, all of the all the ones that are scanned in. Yes. But but those have already <clears throat> been subject to the possibility of of not 
not being accurate, however, because you didn't physically do it with a pencil. And if you didn't thoroughly examine it or weren't able to thoroughly examine it, there could have been a problem from the time you touched the screen to the time it got printed out the back. So that you can never audit. That's true. That's another issue about the auditability of ballot marking device. And that's a whole nother uh, uh, challenge. That, and part of, part of that's going on right now in federal court uh, in, a, in a lawsuit called Curly v. Raffensperger. So, right here. Yeah, yeah right uh, in, in, in Georgia. So, yeah, so, the, for, so for the audience, there's two different kinds of um, uh, what we call ballots. The mail-in ballot is the full ballot. It has all the candidates on there, the ones you voted for, ones you didn't vote for, and all the referendum language. What prints out this ballot marking device is just a little selection summary with a list of the people that they that it said that you voted for, but then the actual votes are in a barcode on that oh, ballot. And I that's never what, understood that. Okay. And that's that's what's accumulated. The system accumulates what's in the barcode. So that's why we say that that particular type of ballot, which you use for early voting in person and for election day, that's unverifiable, <laughs> 100% unverifiable to the voter. So when you want to look at the, the scanned image, you want to look at the Dominion images, you're really looking at the barcode because you can read that. Um, well, no, we can't because actually it's encoded. But what we want to uh, look at is to, we want to... Um, well, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I'm getting, I'm confusing you. Sorry. I don't, what, I don't mean to. Yeah. What, people do want to know. Yeah. I what, think. Our, what our lawsuit is only for the mail-in ballots. What we're right. looking at, because that's where the question, we're not looking at the other ballots because they're all marked the same way. So, oh, so and when you're looking oh, at the Dominion images that what you're requesting is strictly those mail-in ballots that you guys have sworn did not look authentic. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah, we're looking for all the mail-in ballots, and then we'll piece out the ones that didn't, okay. that didn't look at. I mean, to derail, it's it's kind of complicated, you know. And I yes, just I've been listening to the issues for a long time, but it's not always crystal clear to me why there are these like um, disjointed uh, points in the in the chain of custody. But okay, we're just talking about absence doubt. Okay, let's get back on track. Uh, right. so what, so what do we got here? What happened? Um, well, you, so you what filed a lawsuit so, to look at those yeah. three things, the visual, the forensic and the dominion right. images. Right. And then the Senate, uh, so we filed that the, um, the, um, <coughs> Fulton County objected, uh, in an email, but they didn't actually file an objection yet. So before they could even file an objection, we doubled down with what we call a motion to compel. Uh, so we don't care why you're objecting. You know, we're, we're compelling you. We want the judge to order uh, you to comply. Um, and um, so that was uh, filed. And then, uh, ironically, the Senate had a hearing this week, and we had some incredible testimony there. Um, I was I testified in some of the uh, the clerks, the uh, poll workers and poll managers had some amazing stories that we can talk about you know, there. Um, and then um, uh, also the, uh, one of the forensics fellows uh, testified, uh, Jovan. And uh, we so as a result of all that, particularly as of his testimony, the um, 
legislature, which is the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee, decided that they would write a letter to Fulton County requesting that they do the forensic exam that we had already filed in our lawsuit. So that gave us a boost, even though the Senate's request is not uh, mandatory at any by any way, shape, or means, and Fulton County can just blow them off. It is an official government body, a state body, so they take that a little bit more seriously. And that basically uh, tripled down on our motion uh, that we already filed to compel them to, to produce the ballots. So we've, we've got all that information now going to the judge. We filed another motion, another emergency motion, attached that to it, and said, you know, so we had a motion to compel the emergency motion to, that to support the Senate's uh, request, and we're we agreeing that we will support the Senate's request. And then uh, we had our original lawsuit, which is uh, interesting in its own right, uh, nine counts there, which we can talk about. So all of that went to the judge, and uh, then the, we got word on. Friday, I think it was. The days are all running together for me now. Uh, I don't even know what day it is now. No, it wasn't Friday. That was yesterday. I guess it was Thursday. We got word that the judge will hold a hearing Monday at 11 o'clock. And uh, we will. Uh, we think that we're going to get a favorable ruling because she just really doesn't have any other choice. So I think we've got a good judge and we think we'll get a favorable ruling. And then what, and then what's the, I mean, you got to move fast if you want to, I mean, they're going to, if it's the more disruptive it is weighed up against um, how, what a difference it could make. If it's, if it's thought not to make a difference, then um, they might not want to do it as fast. And if they think it's going to be highly disruptive for the January 6th um, legislative federal DC certification of the electors, they may not want to do it, but if it gets done before then, that might give a lot of momentum to the people in the Senate. So how fast can you move or will they let you move? Well, uh, yeah. So the first question is, well, how fast will they let us move? We think that we might get an order that will allow us to start Monday afternoon. So let's assume that wow. we got we got that. Uh, if we get that, and then the second question that you raised, Monica, is how fast can we move? Well, we're we our team will be ready to go. We have two dozen ballot inspection uh, team uh, ready. We will be down there within the hour of the ruling and to start visually inspecting the ballots. And uh, the uh, scanners will be coming in. Uh, we will get those ready to go. They will bring in four or five high-speed scanners. That'll take probably five or six hours to scan all the ballots. We'll put them on memory cards. Uh, they will uh, memory sticks, actually USB sticks, and then uh, they will probably be able to analyze them uh, overnight. I'm assuming the, every, the whole process will be through by, let's say, nine o'clock, ten o'clock that night. And then uh, the analysis will take place. And I would expect that they'll be up all night working on that. So in the morning, uh, we will probably know uh, uh, how many ballots are valid or not forensically. But even that evening, we will know how many ballots uh, are valid or not um, from, and a, how visual, many are you from a visual at? perspective. Uh, 150,000 mail-in ballots in, uh, in Fulton County. Um, and so we'll, we'll look at all 150,000. Uh, we won't look at individual ballots. We're just, 
we'll be looking for um, you know, batches that of valid or invalid votes. So we'll look at it a batch at a time. And if there's a question, then we'll probably then you delve, dig into delve, that batch. delve into that batch. So it should process uh, pretty quickly. Got since it, got you know it. that yeah. you would assume that at least 100,000 or more are, are valid votes, right. valid, valid ballots. So that we'll be able to narrow down on the, on the ones that are invalid pretty quickly. So what if you find, if you find 20,000 invalid ballots marked for the Democrats all the way down the line, that would change the Ossoff. There would be no runoff. And, but that's up to Purdue to press that. And I'm really suspicious that those guys aren't really, you know, are kind of behind the scenes uh, capitulating. I don't know, but okay. So what if you find that there, I mean, cause it's potential that 20,000 ballots are fraudulent, right? Or is that not potential? Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, or, or it's potential for more, or it's right, there's, right. there's been a potential that there was no fraudulent ballots, and that means Joe Biden actually won fair and square. So, you know, that's a possibility. It's a possibility that we could have. Let's say I just made up a number of twenty thousand, could be forty. You know, right? Um, but twenty would be kind of like that's a difference maker, especially in the Senate. You know, both. Yeah, it's a twelve thousand vote margin for the president or right. uh, and the vice presidential race, and probably about the same for the Senate race that justified a runoff. Right. So, right. so um, I would assume you know the that the presidential race could be handled with electoral uh, uh, decision by the legislature. The right. the oh right right the Senate race would have to go into. Uh, I would I would assume that you know, Purdue's team would file an immediate legal action to right, get those. You would think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, waiting. Think so. I'm surprised he's not more vocal about this process. That's what, that's what surprises me. He should be throwing tons and tons of resources behind you. I mean, imagine what the value is of being Senator. <laughs> you know, well, like, right, right. Why not pay and, up? Right. And you're right. And we've had no uh, real significant contact with his team. So of course he's, he is running a campaign. Uh, so that's a different, it's just weird. Oh yeah. Uh, Right, 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 right. I know, but this is, he, he won, right. So he got the majority. He just didn't get the, um, he got the plurality. He just didn't get the majority. So that's right. And it's such a fine mark. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know, whatever that, that one makes me crazy, but this one, I mean, obviously it's more important. Okay. So, so you get that done and then what happens next? So say Tuesday morning, you wake up and you say, we have reason to believe there are 20 1,000 ballots that are invalid? I think we'll have reason to believe that. We'll really reason to believe something on Monday night if we get the order. Okay. Uh, and of course, this is all big Fs. Uh, yeah. By Tuesday morning, I would think we would have more solid forensic evidence uh, at that point in time. Yeah. So, um, so it's just... It all depends on when we can start. We're hoping to start and Monday then, and have it done Monday. If you had it done and that and you would you say, okay, we've done this. What body is it that is doing it? The people, right? It's not uh, voter GA or the Constitution Party. <laughs> who, who? Because I'm just wondering if you then say, okay, we have found this. It's inauthentic. These are fraudulent ballots. Uh, you don't have any authority to change the electoral 
decision for who's getting the electors of Georgia. Somebody else has to do that, the legislature, right? That's right. So voter, voter GA organized the plaintiffs for this lawsuit. So there are nine plaintiffs uh, in, in some in Fulton County, some all throughout the state. We're all claiming uh, equal protection violations and due process because these ballots were illegally scanned and there are potentially fraudulent ballots that have diluted our, our vote uh, significantly. So we are just the plaintiffs and we're suing uh, the elections director, elections director of Fulton County and the, the uh, elections board members there. So like you said, Monica, we don't have the authority, but uh, I would think even by Monday night, you know, we at Voter GA would know uh, roughly, you know, if, if first of all, if we had fraudulent ballots and roughly how many there were from a visual inspection. But you're doing this privately. You guys are individuals looking at this. So it's not like an official audit, an official recount. So then some official body has to come in and redo your work, presumably. That's exactly right. This We're just providing evidence that some official body could act on. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I think there's no chance on earth they changed the electors because you guys said you found whatever, but they might be forced to go through the same process that you went through and pick out why, you know, make an argument of why it was not valid. But I mean, you just, how can you trust them? So, okay. So then they, they then it's a, it, unless the other states that were also treated this way, also subject to this kind of fraud, assuming that, I mean, it does appear to be fraudulent and other states have had similarly compelling arguments. What would have, would the best case scenario or the, the next step in a, ideally would be for you to for for Georgia to change the electors or to say, hey, we're not we can't give these up in time and that to kind of start a cascade effect. Yeah. So in in let's suppose that we knew that this happened on Tuesday morning. I mean, there's still time for the governor or the legislature to call a special session for Tuesday afternoon and 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 do the right thing and make the adjustment. Yeah, if fraud was found. Uh, so they could do that prior to the um, uh, uh, December. I'm sorry, what month are we in? January. January. We January just started 6th. January. Yeah, yeah I, I have no idea. I've lost total track of time. Dude, I know. But, you didn't get your normal, like, seasonal break. You've been working around uh, the clock since I then. I can, every time I, I talk to you, the phone's ringing in the background. So so that's uh, Wednesday. It's January 6th. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. So so they could make a decision before then. Uh, the legislature has that power. Uh, it's a 50 percent uh, to, to do this. As my understanding, it requires 60 percent to um, have a special session from a legislative vote. However, that's for state business. For federal, uh, this constitutional responsibility, there is no uh, that uh, no requirement that that would have to take place. So um, I, I think that that could go forward. Uh, but to your point, Monica, about other states, see, this is the first state that's doing this. Uh, we've been arguing this for months and say, look, if there is fraud, let's just look at the ballots. And as soon as we saw the video and we already had right. had, we already had the, uh, the sworn affidavits from the auditors from the hand audit uh, back in November. So as soon as we saw that, we said, okay, 
let's just look at the ballots and then everybody will know whether you voted for Joe Biden or you voted for Donald Trump. If we look at the ballots, then we'll know because the, the most of the uh, question of fraud was in Fulton County. However, I believe this probably happened or could have happened in other counties as yes. well. Uh, so so let's just look at it. Ironically, no other state's doing this. Uh, so we would have, you know, I was expecting that maybe Sidney Powell's lawsuit would do this. Um, but um, Judge Batten uh, didn't allow that to go forward for some bizarre reasons. So uh, the other states might might do this as well. Yeah, that it would be the hope. But boy, the time is running short. So <clears throat> I want to take some questions. Is there? But before I do that, is there anything else that's uh, happening? Are are there any like parallel efforts going on in Georgia? Or that's it? That's all we got. That's all that we have left. Well, there, there's other lawsuits that are still floating out there um, at the Supreme Court, but. I, I've always felt that this was the fairest thing to do and the most straightforward. It's very clear for a judge. There's nothing esoteric about it, like uh, trying to prove that China influenced the uh, election. You know, this is just uh, you know, straightforward. Right. It's just a very straightforward lawsuit. We we had 70 facts. <clears throat> Each fact was backed up by an exhibit. <clears throat> and... Um, that's all we had to uh, to to show and to get uh, the the relief we we wanted. So um, we have nine counts: equal protection, due process, um, were some of the counts, and um, and we also filed open records request violations because we asked for this very thing. I filed an open record right. request before the recount was certified, and that was in so for three weeks. Actually, four weeks we've been uh, messing around because they didn't honor my uh, open records request. So now we're forcing the issue. So they ignored they, it. Right. They just completely ignored it. Uh, it's absolutely bizarre. They, Is there any action for that? Are they allowed to do that? I mean, these are the, these, this is the government that we empower and pay for, and there are rules. Is there no recourse whatsoever for them to abdicate and not follow their own rules? Yeah, it's bizarre. They have a history of not, uh, Fulton County has a history of just ignoring uh, open records requests or blowing them off. So this time they are not going to be able to do that. So uh, it's it's just uh, bizarre that they have done that, but that's what they did. And I, I, I would have at least expected a response that said, oh, no, maybe I did something wrong. I, you submitted it incorrectly. Uh, I've never seen anything from it. Nobody has ever told me. And I've, you know, I've, I've made it, I've explained it to the board, to the county attorney, to the uh, elections director. Um, it, it's, right. it's just um, amazing. It is amazing. All right. I want to get asked some questions. Is that okay? You ready? Yeah. Yeah. I see a bunch okay. of them coming in. I'm, yes. I'm, going, okay. I'm ready. All right. So uh, Ruby Freeman, I guess she was the woman who was the mother of one of the poll workers. Is that the one who said, uh, kind yes. of said, I'm sorry, and I'm getting a lawyer? What's anything? Have we heard from her again? Uh, she's still working there. Uh, we um, have not been able. That's right. That's right. The people who did that at State Farm Arena are all <laughs> still there. And the people who, um, uh, who, who the whistleblowers have been terminated. Right. So wow. that tells you something is wrong in Fulton County. Uh, but um, so 
we haven't been able to verify that story. Uh, it was her social media. Uh, it appeared to be on her social media account. Uh, they quickly scrubbed the account uh, and gave her a new account. Um, it, I believe it's true. However, it's still un, uh, it's unverified at the moment. So I, right. I'm very I'm very careful about only saying what yes. I know right. is absolute yes. fact. Okay, so let's ask about this. Do you know anything about rumors that Fulton County shredded truckloads of ballots? Uh, yeah, that's another uh, uh, thing that's unverified. Right. Here, here's what we do know. We do know that trucks come into the warehouse where we believe that the ballot is the ballots are safe, is that, um, stored. The ballots, uh, the trucks go in and out to different places, but most of those we believe are supporting the U.S. Senate election. And we don't think there's anything nefarious there. They um, are, uh, they, if, if they would not be, certainly would not be shredding ballots in the warehouse. That would be too obvious. Somebody would find out. So I don't believe that that is correct. However, we are worried about them adjusting or possibly tampering with the ballots before we get a hold of them. So we have a whole lot of uh, chain of custody checks that, that we will perform in the visual inspection to make sure that there was no tampering with the ballots um, in the meantime. Uh, so if we find out the chain of custody is broken, then that would be a whole other issue that would uh, inhibit our inspection. And we, of course, would raise that immediately to the judge of the case. But right now, until um, I, I think that we, uh, you know, we're probably um, OK and we'll see where we are on, on Monday if we get this order okay. approved. Uh, I don't know what Clint is um, referring to. The machines have been proven to be hijacked through email, which uh, in itself makes the election using them worthless. Clint, might you be talking about the 2016 Kennesaw hack? Do you are you familiar with a um, something like this, Garland? That the machines were hijacked through email. Uh, I feel like I, he's talking I, about the online hack from Kennesaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about email, uh, but, but you're right, Monica. One of the most amazing things that happened about three years ago was when we discovered that the, the voting uh, uh, system that preps all of the elections centrally in Georgia, all elections are prepped centrally, so they're subject to a single point of attack. If you compromise the central server, uh, at which at that time was at Kennesaw State, you can compromise all of the elections in every county and every voting machine by downloading malware that no one would be able to detect to the counties. They then in turn would download the malware to the, to the voting machines. You could easily um, rig any election. Uh, and and that, that system was, in fact, exposed to the Internet for years, absolutely years. And when the lawsuit was filed, they wiped the servers and so that they couldn't find out who hacked or what, what you know, how to mitigate the what, whatever happened. And the legal counsel uh, for the Secretary of State's office did a two-page report that said that that was standard procedure to, to wipe the servers before trying to assess what damage that the hacker may have caused. 
uh, totally blatantly false. Uh, you know, I've been in the business for 40 years. That was one of the most incredible uh, falsehoods that I had seen come out of the Secretary of State office. Um, and that was, uh, we did a whole audit report on his two-page little superficial that was- investigation Fantastic. I remember trying to follow that in real time as it was coming out. And I, this, I mean, you're totally entrenched in this, so it's not, it's, I'm sure not, you might not realize how confusing it all is, but it's really hard to keep track of. And I was, I found it was undeniable the chain, you know, the chain of events that happened, what they said, and what, how you rebutted it. I, I felt that your rebuttal was irrefutable and I was really horrified that the attorney general or DA, I forget who it was, who I think was a Democrat, would not, didn't go after Kemp when you fi- filed a perfectly justified criminal complaint. I couldn't believe it. And then when Stacey Abrams didn't bring this up because it was, it, I felt like it needed to be answered. Yeah, there is collusion between the parties. We've seen this. This has become incredibly visible uh, with uh, Raffensperger's office covering up for Fulton County. But even before the the legal counsel was still that his legal counsel was that same legal counsel three years ago who did that report. He's still on the payroll. Well, uh, you would think because she's doing what they want. But yeah. here's the the thing that people don't realize, the issue you had with Kemp, that hacking, uh, you thought some of the election results looked suspicious because Hillary won where she shouldn't have, which was my first clue that this guy isn't, you know, just he can sit on the back of a pickup truck with a gun. That doesn't make him a Republican. <laughs> uh, well, that's right. And we also uh, filed, did a report, and you probably saw Monica, we think that the sixth district race could have actually went the other way with John Ossoff uh, probably uh, arguably could have be, probably beat carrying handle uh, back um, in 2000. In the first, in the first yeah. election, because they went to a runoff. So this is an example right. of Both how nonpartisan you are, because you were arguing that the fraud went against the Democrat. That's right. We think that uh, we argued that Ossoff probably beat Handel. We did two reports on that, one for the runoff and one for the original primary. Um, uh, very, very suspicious results there. Can't, but we can't prove it because, you know, the, the system was designed so that it could not you can't detect fraud. It was it was basically designed to create fraud and make it undetectable. Um, and so, so we can, you know, you can't prove anything, but the results were very, very suspicious. Um, the other in the opposite direction this time, that time. So Kevin wants to know what is the name of the judge hearing your case? Yeah. So the judge is, uh, Rachel Consell. Uh, she is a, uh, former Cherokee County district attorney. Um, we think she's a good judge. She's a former uh, member of the Thomas More society. Uh, we think we'll get a fair ruling. Um, and, uh, we think that we, um, uh, we would, uh, she's, she's going to be compelled, I think, to rule in our favor. Uh, I was over at one of our mutual friends house last night, uh, Monica Catherine Bernard, and uh, she, she has her Liberty party. Uh, and Catherine made an interesting statement. I thought it was very hundred percent accurate and, um, just a general statement. I'm sure she doesn't mind me sharing this. But uh, she said, 
You know, the, what you have to do is in, in almost any court, she says you have to back the judge up into a corner where they are forced to rule against the state and, and for the cause of liberty. Um, and that's exactly what we think we have done this time. We think we have uh, this judge, and she, I think we have every reason to believe she's a good judge, but um, we think that we, we have this basically backed up into a corner where there is no rational explanation as why she would not allow this uh, inspection to immediately go forward for the benefits of all Georgians, so we'll all know uh, uh, you know, what the results were in Fulton County and for the benefits of the, you know, the, sen the Senate uh, forensic exam request um, and, and to make sure that there was also with the images, make sure there was no tampering in between. So those are the things we're asking right. for. They're very simple. They're, uh, it, it's nothing esoteric. They're all concrete. It was all based solidly on the evidence that we presented in our case. Um, we have a great attorney. His name is Todd Harding. Um, he's out of uh, Griffin, and uh, he's, he took our other case to the Georgia Supreme Court. But he's superb at, at doing briefs, uh, making them simple. Um, and, you know, his, his concept is, you know, he's got to understand it so the judge can understand it. So uh, he's always on our case to make it as simple as possible. So that's the right thing. Uh, I have a... A few more things, and there's more questions. But I, somebody told me, and I haven't had a chance to verify it, that Stacey Abrams' sister, who's a judge, federal judge, ruled on one of the voting issues recently. I, I just didn't get a chance to follow up. Did you hear that? Yeah, and she was forced to reverse her ruling. Wow. Uh, so they were trying to. Uh, there were four thousand people that no, were no longer uh, qualified to be on the voting rolls in Georgia, and she tried to prevent those from being removed then realized that she had made a very uh, incredibly biased decision and then reversed herself. Yeah, because uh, otherwise she would have been, been reversed by the next guy. So you got to. Exactly. That would have gone right up to the appeals court. So Clint wanted to clarify that a Dominion voting machine was hacked live by a computer expert while he was testifying. And uh, I think that does sound familiar to me. Uh, yeah. So lots of confusion about that. It was not a Dominion voting machine and it wasn't actually hacked. What we did find, though, and what uh, he, we, uh, we found that a um, poll book was exposed to the Internet. Uh, and this happened to have been in Floyd County. Um, and it was the poll book was exposed to the Internet. And it, the reason it's it, well, the reason that it, it has to have some type of Internet connection um, is that you have to there's an online verification when you walk into the poll for, and do early voting. Uh, they have to verify that you are a, a valid voter. Uh, and so therefore they. Uh, they do. They submit an online request to the Central Voter Registration Database, and they check your box off to say, "Okay, you're voting in this in this early voting precinct, so you won't go to another precinct in the county and try to vote a second right. time." However, what's interesting about this is why was this poll book exposed to the internet? It should have operated through a secure VPN tunnel to the. Uh, the Secretary of State's office. So there's no reason for that poll book that we know of to, to be exposed to the internet. So it wasn't actually hacked. It was what they were showing us that the, the, the poll book could be hacked. It was hackable because it was unnecessarily exposed. So that was the issue. And of course, 
in social media, everything gets so distorted. So I've learned to uh, find out about, uh, but the, the facts all get all, all messed up, but that's what actually happened. Right. Uh, speaking of that, I had somebody um, tweet at me that the first, on election day, he, I believe he's in a, a Trump heavy county that he was left waiting for hours to vote. But now for this, this election, it was totally a few minutes. And I wondered if it was in, I forget if it was where or coffee or Spalding where they had updated the poll books the night before and it related, it, it resulted in hours of delay. And then it just snapped for me. Obviously, if it's in a Trump place, some people cannot stay. I mean, I've had to walk away from things before. Just you cannot, you don't anticipate hours of delay my mother 91 hobbled to the polls on early voting wanted to vote for trump of course and uh and they and she had to turn around and come back i mean she is old Mm. (laughs) you know it was hard for her and she went out again the next day and she voted but she was led astray and i mean some people don't have two attempts in them especially if you're targeting a particular demographic so i could see that and what what about those issues where coffee and spalding are those things still um active yes and we we i'm glad you mentioned that asked that question but so we would for your mom recommend mail-in voting uh it's so much easier to uh, and they're they're really good about um uh, giving you uh, a, a senior citizen can apply once at the beginning of the year and get mail-in ballots for the whole year. <clears throat> I think that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, so Monica, thanks for asking about the uh, other ones. <clears throat> Excuse me. So coffee, there has been uh, problems in multiple counties. I'll, let's just talk about four of them real quickly. Floyd County, they had all kinds of dominion problems that they couldn't accumulate the votes correctly. Um, they ended up having to redo it. The elections director got COVID in the middle of the process. So because, but the problems were with the Dominion machines, nobody really knows what what went wrong. Uh, they never could. And I was up there in Floyd County, so I got a firsthand taste of it. But the Secretary of State calls for the, or his, at least his, uh, implementation manager, uh, Gabe Sterling, calls for the resignation of the Floyd County elections director. And in fact, the board actually ended up firing him, although it's never it's never been clear that he had anything to do with the problem. They appeared to be Dominion systems. Then we go to uh, we'll go to you mentioned Spalding County. Similar situation. They had a poll book problem on Election Eve. The poll book was updated. The, the update was not in the audit trail we found the next day, but the, but the elections director and the county attorney said, yeah, it was updated. Um, and that caused a two-hour delay approximately, maybe a little less, on election day in Spalding County. And the, rather than trying to figure out what's wrong there, the secretary of state tries to get the elections director fired, Marcia Ridley, uh, and for, because of the poll books had a problem. Uh, we go to uh, Coffee County. Coffee County, uh, similar situation. They had three recounts that failed. They produced obviously erroneous results. They it found they they it added ballots uh, and added votes for the same number of ballots out of thin air. They added more ballots that they found, and it didn't change the results at all. They kept trying to do it. They had Dominion text called in. The recount didn't work. Uh, you know, the, the, the recounts didn't work. And the, the uh, Secretary of State d- 
decides that he wants to investigate the county for all this after they 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 put they gave 13 megabytes of documentation to the uh, Senate uh, or, or well I think the House and Senate committees both they got the same documentation here's what here's our problem the solution that Secretary of State says is to cover up for Dominion and to investigate Coffee County. They sent three investigators down there with guns. I don't know what they were going to do, shoot the board <laughs> members or, or what. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so they went back empty handed. They went down with, I understand, with two Dominion techs and three investigators and still couldn't find anything. So uh, that is another serious problem. And then you got the Ware County situation. Ware County flipped the voting machines on election night, flipped 37 votes from President Donald Trump to Vice President Joe Biden. The system flipped 37 votes. Now, we don't know what part of the system did that. It could have been the uh, it could have been a ballot definition mismatch of some kind. It could have been malware. It could have been a configuration setting. Uh, but what's interesting there is, and I think we talked about this on your show before, Monica, misalignment. If it was a misalignment, you would have expected Trump's votes to go to Biden, Biden's votes to go to Jorgensen. Didn't happen. They switched. Right. And, and it was the same switch that happened in Antrim County. That would lead me to believe that the most likely uh, thing is malware. Although, again, we can't prove that. So we asked for a forensic investigation of the machine. Instead, the Secretary of State's office, the elections director there, sent a letter to all counties threatening them not to allow any forensic exams on the Dominion machines. So we have this massive cover-up by the officials in Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office to cover up for Dominion. So the question is, why are they covering up for Dominion and trying to get elections directors uh, fired and in counties investigated? Uh, and then he calls for the whistleblowers of Fulton County to be reinstated after they were fired. But he didn't open an investigation into why they were fired in the first place. Uh, because that might have led somewhere where he didn't want that to go. And, he, and even if he did open investigation, it wouldn't have been credible because the Secretary of State's office has been on, on record defending Fulton County, claiming that, uh, oh, no, that was all normal ballot processing that you saw. It's normal to rescan the same stack of ballots, you know, <laughs> a half a dozen times, uh, you know, into the system. I mean, this crazy uh, false falsehoods coming just spewing out of Secretary Raffenberger's office. I was so naive as a, a young adult. I remember when I was in California, I was at Stanford and I met an exchange student from Denmark who voted for Bill Clinton, even though he was only there for a couple of months. And I literally thought that I needed to alert the federal government because it invalidated the entire election. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. It was like Sammy Sosa. And I was like, but he should be banned for life. What are you talking about? Cheating. There was cheating. you know. And now I realize uh, I'm like, you know, close enough. There's like, well, you know, you don't expect an accurate vote count every time. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, well, yes, you do. I guess yeah. maybe not anymore. I don't really expect it anymore, but I think, my point is just that a lot of people do expect that. A lot of people think that there's real integrity here. 
And I probably go too far in the other direction by thinking there's no integrity whatsoever. But watching what you're doing makes me realize that it's harder to really bamboozle everyone, you know, is the Lincoln thing. You can't get everyone. You can win every time. Like, I think that the forces of evil have been really batting a thousand these days. But yeah. there, but there is there is integrity out there, and you have to listen in for it. So, uh, so let's see. If this is uh, I'm, I'm with you. There's not a whole lot left. Uh, but wh- one of the things, Monica, while you're while you're queuing up the next question, yep. uh, the elections officials. What you really have to understand about elections officials, and I learned this just in the, over the last couple of years. Uh, I just realized this. What they they don't really care if the right person won an election. They really don't care about that. What they want is no controversy. So they their decisions are based on eliminating controversy. They're not based on the fact that the right person should have won the election. And that's that's really where we are. It's not just Georgia, it's nationwide. Uh it's it's just an inherent flaw in the way that they operate. That's very interesting because that you put it that way. Uh, it's not only that they don't want controversy. They are also so busy breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back. I don't know if you noticed there was a, it was like on the on election day or maybe the day before or after a chick from Philadelphia got up. And if you listen to her and Fox news played it in its entirety, you know, you hear the whole speech for the, and you hear this all the time for the first 10 minutes, they talk about the heroes, the heroes, the frontline poll workers, the heroes of this election, how much integrity there is and how hard these people are as if they're not getting paid as if they're not elected officials getting bribed behind the scenes in some cases. But I, I mean, I feel that way with everything, with first responders, with healthcare, whatever. It's like, okay, I got it. What you're doing, maybe it's hard or scary or whatever, but you are getting paid and you're getting paid by us. So you're welcome for that. And yeah. I, and I just, but I think it's funny that they position themselves not only as like not having controversy, but as if they're celebrities that they should be praised, that should be honorable, you know, it's like the honorable, yeah. whatever. Why are they? Honorable. Sorry, it makes me well, well, yeah, and so let's distinguish between the difference between the poll worker and the elections officials. So, right. so, so the poll workers. I mean, I personally don't. There are so many dedicated, hardworking poll workers out there, and we, we you know, we love what they do. I'm, I don't. I wouldn't want to be one myself. Uh, but, but uh, you know, that's great. But what what we've seen here in other states and in Georgia is. The corruption is coming from the elections officials. And I'm talking about the top ones, uh, either both in the secretary of state's office and in certain counties. So and that we see this not just in Georgia, but we've seen this in, uh, you know, uh, I guess, what, uh, Wayne County and uh, Philadelphia County. Right. uh, And uh, difference makers. This is something that's like really underreported. Normally, they're like, there's one county in Ohio that'll swing the whole race, you know? These are razor-thin, razor-thin margins within the margin of error. I mean, shoot, if the libertarian is getting more votes than than the margin of error, you can be damn sure if the roles were reversed, 
there would be a fall. You know, nobody talks about how Gore went to the mat with that. Of course, you know, I'm totally suspicious about what happened in Florida that time. But in this case, it's every single one of those places had to break for Biden and in within the margin of error, which I guess, you know, keeps the fraud to a minimum if there is fraud that they want to do it like that. Someone, I think there's a book called it's got to be close if you want to steal it or something like that. Like it has to be close to, to steal Mm -hmm. it. So they do put their money into the campaigns and all that. But I, I just, that this, that the media coverage, and I think, um, JB was saying this, the media coverage is, it's so bizarre that we're, that we have faith in a press that, literally ridicules and shouts down people who have legitimate concerns about process. It's like when, when people who call you some kind of religious fanatic, cause you don't believe in the science about this or that, and then totally ignore the science when it comes to lockdown protocols, for example. But, uh, the, that the media is, is, uh, in unison. I mean, they won't even say presumptive president elect up until December 14th. They should have said presumptive president-elect Joe Biden. But anyway, JB says it kills me that someone like Garland, who knows so much, is never acknowledged by any mainstream media, even locally in Atlanta. I will say, except for when when I had a show, but of course, I don't have that show. And if they ignore experts, it's like they don't exist. This is a real problem. And that is true. And and they just and they they can ignore you. I really appreciate that comment because it, it really frustrates me that the and I talked to one of the AJC reporters the other day about this. Uh, there, there is a massive local blackout of what's going on right now in terms of election integrity and our fight here in Georgia. Uh, no one has covered it. We I send these press releases um, out to all the news media. They get them. They know exactly what they're doing. They're I've getting I've gotten comments that they. Uh, that they were really good. Uh, and I've gotten comments that they can't run with the stories. Their producers and editors are cutting them off uh, some, from some of the folks. So, but what is good, of course, we've had you, Monica, and, and your show for for years. I was there this. for eight um, and a half years and I thought 100%, no question about it. I was taken off the air in February. I thought my opinion, never saw it in writing or anything because I was covering the parallels between event 201 and COVID-19 in the back door of the CDC. But, and then, uh, and then the guy who bought WSB was an Epstein buddy and we covered Epstein a lot. So I was like, hmm, maybe there was other factors, but now I think it's much more serious, the election stuff, that it's quite possible that knowing that we would not shrink from telling the truth at any cost, uh, that that yeah. maybe it was an anticipation of that. The, uh, well, uh, right, right. And I was going to add, the, the thing that has really saved us here in Georgia is the, the national conservative news media. Um, they have picked it up. Uh, that would be uh, OAN and um, uh, Blue Dobbs and um, News uh, uh, Epic Times and NTD have just yes. done an amazing job. Uh, Newsmax as well. Uh, just uh, and there's quite a few radio shows and that have picked it up. So uh, I'm doing. That's the irony of this whole thing, Monica. I'm doing at least one show a day right now, and none of it is local. There's not not wow. one not one local 
wow. news media organ and they all know me. They know we. They know I've been yes. on this for years. Not one. Not uh, not the AJC. Not any of the wow. n- local networks. But you uh, had people you were totally connected to locally. I would. You were on the radio regularly locally. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were connected to all of the uh, television <sighs> networks. They've all done stories in the past. Uh, you know, all the local ch- uh, TV stations. I've been on every every single local TV station uh, in the past. But uh, in this story, it's there is a blackout uh, that's 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 beyond belief. And of course, that's also a national media blackout. Um, and of course, the national media blackout is because of the uh, anti-Trump uh, agenda nationally. Yeah. So. But the the what happened in Georgia, I mean, I was there for basically the whole thing, because when I when I went there, when I first moved there like 10 years ago, I know people were. I had moved there, I think, from California. It's like world. My things are becoming a blur now, and like the COVID year, where time has no um, boundaries. But I remember people, uh, you know, kind of hating Hillary or really, you know, getting worried that she would win. And I remember saying, like, if you, if, if, if Georgia elects a Democrat president, like the the world, it'll we'll be so far gone. It's, it's hopeless anyway. Like that is the last thing that you should be worried about. And as the years went on, I had people call the callers were such a source of uh, wisdom and insight. People would say, people are worried about immigration, worried about immigration. They should worry about immigration into Georgia that, that it is getting infiltrated or bombarded or whatever to flip it to. And then, then that whole, campaign for Asa flipped the sixth and everything was turning blue. And then you would see, actually, as I moved in, they had all those uh, government policies that favored filming in Georgia. And I hated it because they would like put their vans and I hated it about LA. I hated it about Atlanta. They would put all that stuff up and I, and I just couldn't stand it. I thought, you know what? We don't need this. Like, why are they doing this? And I, I think a lot of that, then you see Stacey Abrams buddying up with that entire industry and people out here who are getting election out in California, who are getting postcards about mail-in voting for Ossoff, (laughs) you know, out here. So you know, and I'm just like, are they sending them someplace to get the right postmark? Or I guess you don't need a Georgia postmark to have if you can figure out how to do it. I don't know. But I just remember thinking that Georgia was being targeted for that flip. And and here it is. And I, it couldn't have happened without those government policies, without the media slowly but surely moving towards um you know, I guess the way Fox is doing now, but you, you can't just hit everybody over the head. You have to maintain certain trust and credibility in the media when you're trying to change the culture like that. It can't be overnight, but it sounds like it's been fully realized now. Um, I, it, it, it's weird because I've seen it from start to finish and it only took about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely very close now. regardless of how this comes out it's definitely oh yeah no i mean i don't think it really happened just like roy moore they they cheated up the wazoo you know about new knowledge and the russian bots do you know all that stuff about jonathan morgan and what they did in the roy moore election are you familiar with that no we have to talk about that but i am aware that roy moore's election was very 
questionable. But I don't think we never got into all the details about that. It wouldn't surprise me at all, though. Right. And so you thought that he won, that you thought there was a possibility that he actually won, even though he was not declared the winner. That was after massive shenanigans of when this company, New Knowledge, which has a different name now, but was in charge of writing reports for the U.S. Senate about Russian bots and Russian infiltration in the U.S. elections and stuff like that, they admitted and were found to have created thousands of uh, fake Twitter accounts following Roy Moore, which were later identified to be Russian bots, but they weren't. They were this New Knowledge. And they also created straw man um third-party movements against Roy Moore. They had to, uh, they were banned from Facebook after what they did, and they admitted it. And they said it was, they were running tests. They were experimenting. They didn't actually swing the election. They were responsible for slandering Roy Moore as um, a pedophile, which was not true. And uh, so there was all sorts of problems with that election, and it didn't even... Uh, rise to the surface of you don't even know about it, you know, and this was in the New York times that those guys admitted to it and they kind of like hang hung their head in shame, Reed Hoffman anyway. So that's why I get pretty cynical about what's about any election integrity whatsoever, because it looks like they get it both by changing the population, by controlling the media, by fraud, and then by actually, um, tampering with the election integrity itself. So, but I have this one more question for you. Uh, nullification. Yeah. Um, Uh, I know we're going a little bit over, we started a little bit late, but you might have an appointment right now. No, I'm, I'm good for a while. Uh, Okay. Well, let, I'll make, I'll stop pontificating myself. No, it's okay. We could, we can probably go for, to maybe to one thirty. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I know that uh, the states can nullify uh, federal law, you know, based on the Tenth Amendment. So I don't know that that applies in this case. Um, so that's all about all I can say on that for the yeah. moment. Until I know more about what the okay, what let's Clint see. wanted. We got a few more. Um, Kat Duckness wants to know: since a follow-up is dependent on legislators making a move, how do we make sure they feel forced to do that? What can we do? Yeah, so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give some concrete evidence. <laughs> um, if this, in fact, pans out the way it looks like it might, then, uh, and you, we do have fraudulent votes that would overturn the election, then we're, that's kind of concrete evidence that the legislature needs to act. Uh, Governor Kemp, you know, if he had, if he had this act, uh, information on his desk Tuesday morning, he should call a, a special session immediately for the afternoon. If the legislators, uh, I still say we believe that 50% of the legislators can call for a special session for a federal issue like this, uh, because the Constitutional doesn't require uh, a 60% majority to, to call uh, for a session. So I think that they can do that right. with the 50 for this particular thing. And what about, a? Uh, are there alternate electors? There are, aren't there? How does it work? So if you, if they probably wouldn't make, I mean, there's virtually no chance that on Tuesday they swap out the electors, is there? Uh, there is a small chance. Um, if, if we get the, you know, again, if everything went right and we have the evidence, I mean, I think that could happen. 
Uh, it's probably not likely, but uh, it's, you know, it's a remote possibility. And then I think that debate in Congress is going to last um, at least from the 6th to the 8th. Okay. So, so there'll be some more time there to try to have- uh, straighten this out. Any expectations of what that will look like in D.C. from the 6th to the 8th? I mean, somebody gets up and says, I object or whatever, and they say stuff and then <laughs> that just moves on unless something comes out of the states. Right. I mean, that's not going to go anywhere without something more, don't you think? Well, right. The six states, I think, are uh, have, um, I guess, redundant sets of electors. Right. And there's going to be objections. And they're going to have to resolve them. Uh, Senate and House are going to have to resolve them. And um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they chose to resolve them. Um, So uh, they might end up having the legislative delegations of those states vote. That might be one way to resolve them. So that'll be interesting to see. Have the legislative delegations of those. What do you what is that? Why do I not know what that is? Well, well, in other words, the legislative delegation oh, to, all the, to the U.S. the congressman from, for that right, state, okay. for that state, right. uh, it could come down that they have to vote for the electors. I don't know that for a fact, but um, right, okay, okay. Uh, so somebody's got to decide who the got electors it. That's are. That's what I was that. wondering. That's what yeah. I was wondering, and. Yeah. Um, I guess I was just thinking, unless something new comes up, like Georgia, it seems you'd have known if they were going to do that, right? Because I guess what is happening, and now I'm getting out of my league, but I guess the electors have their own certain uh, process within each state, and then in on January 6th, the congressional delegation, plus the senators, I guess, in that state could change that decision and put in an alternate slate of electors, I think. Well, I think if it's contested, then the question comes down to, so these six states are going to be contested. Then the question comes down to, well, who's going to decide which electors are the correct electors for the the state? I don't think that, I don't think the house can decide that. I think the state has to decide that. Yes, Um, I would think so. And uh, they could, so that's, what's interesting even when there's a Democrat majority in the house, but the, uh, there is a, state Republican state majority in the House. Yes, yes. So, so that, that could come into play because uh, there's more re- there's more Republican states than Democrat states. So. That, is, that is very interesting. Uh, so, okay, well, I will, I, we are going to have to leave it here. And it is unresolved as of this moment, but boy, are we rooting for you to win on Monday and have that? This is just going to be so interesting. It would be so great. I mean, if they want to restore faith in the system, then they would. This is their chance. <laughs> I don't well, think they care much about that. But they, if they do, I mean, they have a way of reading the tea leaves. I think they will know if it goes too far. But you're right, Monica. So, I mean, regardless of who you voted for, everybody should want this ballot inspection because – if you voted for Trump, obviously you want to make sure that you're, you know, you weren't cheated. But if you voted for Biden, you want to make sure that that, you know, his win is legitimate. You don't want to hear uh, people to say for the next four years that you know he was illegitimate. So you know, and and from a Fulton County perspective, you, know, you might be falsely accused, so you might want to clear and exonerate your your own county. 
So I, I think it's a win-win-win for everybody if we do this inspection. Uh, there's no downside. It'll be interesting to see who is going to object and why. We expect the, we expect the Secretary of State's office to uh, somehow get involved in this and object, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I don't know what Fulton County can possibly raise as an objection to this. They have yet to file, as far as I know, their objection. Right. Whatever. Well, we shall see. So will we talk to you again next week? Gosh, so much uh, will have happened by next week. Absolutely. I know, I know. We might have to go to bi-weekly or something. Uh, yes, yes. Well, I, I like the idea of the live. So let's let's try can't do Saturday, but I can do Sunday next week, uh, the 9th. And if we could do again, maybe at noon for a live stream, we'll say that tentatively and we'll let people know in advance, but let's try to do that. Well, actually, if we're going to do Sunday, I'd like to back it up to about two o'clock because I got a lot of praying to do in church. Yes. <laughs> they shut down the church in California again. I could cry. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, I'm Catholic, so you can't watch it on TV. That's why I was like, the Pope says, oh, you just watch it. So you can't. No, 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 no. Okay. So, so we, we need no, some. I've lost first- faith in my church and my state, my co- you need country. Some, <laughs> you need some First Amendment churches in California. Yes, I know. I'm way to ask my priest. I was like, don't you guys have a basement? (laughs) He did not think that was funny. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So, yes, let's say two o'clock next Sunday. We'll pencil it in. Guys, stay tuned. We'll let you know. All right. Thanks, Monica. Uh, We really appreciate you and what you've been doing, Not, not just for recently, but over the years. Oh, thank you, Garland. Likewise, right back at you, Garland Favrito, the... Uh, elections director of the Constitution Party in Georgia mm-hmm. and our favorite political activist and election yeah. integrity activist. Yeah. Now it's all in his hands. Let's hope for the best yeah. and talk to you next week. Thank you so yeah. much, Garland. VoterGA.org. You can say. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye.